Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Hello and welcome to Under the Call of MS, the second season. Not going to bother with episode numbers and stuff now that we got above 100. We'll just go 100 episodes per season and just see how that goes if we make it two, three seasons. Today in comic book talk, I'm starting out with Brave Chef Brianna. I picked up the first two issues. It's a four-issue run. It's very fun. If you know anybody that's in the cooking or something like that, this is a fun book for them. Um, She comes from a family, a rich family. And the father says, I'm going to die eventually. So he tells all his sons, which he has like 20 20 sons. I can't remember exactly how many, but there's a ton of sons and one daughter, Brianna. And he tells them that basically I'm going to die. And... I want all you to go out in the world, open your own restaurants, and the person with the most um, best running restaurant at the time of his death will get all his inheritance. And he basically is a chef himself, has like a huge chef conglomerate going on. And so they're very wealthy. And so all the kids go off. They don't tell each other where they're going. They just go and open up their own restaurants around the world. And Brianna finds, just does some searching around and finds this town called Monsterville or something like that. And I know I ain't given all the good descriptions of everything and the names and stuff, but I can't. I don't want to look through the book and figure out what all the different names and stuff, but I'm giving you a basic concept of what they're dealing with. But she goes to this monster town and there's rules in this town that say you can't use flour, you can't use sugar. I can't remember if butter was included. There's like a few different things that humans use to cook with that you're not allowed to use in this town. So she finds this out after she makes some stuff that's really good and gets one of the rare local human that also lives there. And then he goes around and puts the word out about how great her food is. And some of the monsters start coming and they start loving her food and she's very busy. And when she starts up, she hooks up with this, uh, Crossbreed type, part human, part bird, gal that ends up being her partner, and as far as the waitress and helping cooking and all that stuff, then she learns cooking through Brianna and stuff also. But they get this going. Basically, it's based around the three of them. The other human is in there. 
he helps her get going, helps her when some stuff breaks down and stuff like that. Gives her some tips about the town. And it was very fun. First two episodes, issues. I'm going to get the last. I, I have the trade paperback coming because we got these because Brianna and Katrina are my wife's nieces and we've seen these books. And it's like, well, they aren't comic book fans or anything, but we're going to get them for them just because it's got their name on them. So I get them interested in some type of comics. But yeah, it's this one was a lot of fun. Uh, seeing how the monsters relate to a human cooking normal human food and not as much monster stuff. And I, I'm hoping she's smart enough where she gets into like cricket flowers and stuff like that to try and bypass the laws. But we will have to see what number three and four have to offer once I get them. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. So if you know someone that's in the cooking and stuff, that'd be a fun way to get them into comics also. Uh, I picked up a, I think it's from like 2006 or whatever, a Women of Power box because I wanted the Squirrel Girl Funko Pop that was in there with Tippy Toe. And it came with like a bobblehead She-Hulk, bobblehead Captain Marvel, a pin, a patch, Miss Marvel and Spider-Woman on it. And it also came with a Civil War II comic in it. With the pop women on the cover, uh, I'm like, I was going to leave it sealed and not open it because I really had no interest in getting into the, I'm not big on the whole warring of the superheroes and those type of things. I figured what the heck, I'd check it out. I know I've checked out some of the other ones, other runs before this and stuff, but, uh, other things that have events that happened, but I read this one and was actually surprised. Kind of pulled me in. I do want to read some more of them. And you got quite a few of the characters throughout here with Iron Man, Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, yeah, Captain America, and you're looking at. People from different Earths, I'm, I'm guessing is how you say it. I'm not good at this whole thing. I just read all this stuff and look at them all as the same Earth, same dimensions, whatever. But, yeah, you got Tony Stark in here. And then Nova. Those are part of the main group. And then eventually some other characters start coming in from the Avengers. Thor comes in. Quite a few characters from the Marvel Universe are in here. Probably just about all of them because I'm sure you get into like Doctor Strange and stuff like that. Scarlet Witch, Hellstrom, Doctor Voodoo. Wiccan, Shaman, Magic, all the sorcerers gather together to fight these giant creature that appears on our planet. And uh, the uh, 
Inhumans are the ones that came to tell us about it. Tell the Avengers about it. I don't know why I keep saying us. <laughs> tell the Avengers about what's going on. That they have a like a psychic type character that was living on Earth that didn't that ended up becoming an inhuman once you get to a certain age or whatever, something with the abilities. I forget all the details. Inhumans come to talk to the Avengers, tell them that this threat's coming to Earth, and then they go after that threat and deal with it. And then you have the Inhumans and the Earthlings all talking about what to do with this character that can see the future. And Tony Tony Stark makes the most sense by saying, well, hey, you can't just go by what a person's thinking or sees or I mean, he could what happens wrongly and it could, could have everything saying yeah you could see a flash of a certain part of an event and blame someone for that event and then find out later on that that person wasn't the cause of the event or whatever so that can always be very dangerous when people see the future and feel that they can tell you what is going to happen with with the world and what's going on but yeah get a lot of people killed and a lot of innocent people killed and injured and locked up or whatever. Uh, I did pick up the first murder hobo comic that I could because I just read the information on this. It's like murder hobo. Role-playing games, derogatory slang. Player character who wanders in the wanders the game world unattached to any community, indiscriminate, indiscriminately killing and looting. Uh, this was Murder Hobo one shot. It's number one, but I believe it was a one shot. All in at the Dragon Shaft. Lots of nudity and stuff in here so you gotta watch out a lot of uh, hot humor stuff so this is definitely not a family a kids book or anything like that but yeah this was strange it was not what I fully expected to see got some characters that do some pretty messed up things and <laughs> a lot of drinking a lot of partying a lot of a lot of dismemberment, injuries, <laughs> murders. Uh, there's just all kinds of strange stuff going on. I really can't even tell you much of the storyline without getting really vulgar. <laughs> but yeah, this wasn't great, wasn't bad. I see they have another Murder Owo comic that just came out in the previews, so. I may check it out just to see if it gets any better than the other ones. And then family friendly for all the kids from all yeah comics again. Art and Franco, we got little Archie and his pals. Uh, this was a one shot. I got it. it has the Art Baltazar cover. 
all the characters from Archie Comics on there, including Hot Dog Dog. It's just, it, it was fun. It took me back to more of my early days with Archie where I could actually enjoy things. And in this one, Sabrina wants to go to sleep, so she puts a spell on uh, her cat. And he goes up in a tree and lays down to fall asleep. And when he falls asleep, the three colored cats that represent the oh yeah comics group they pop out of the cat's body and the one cat goes into little archie's bedroom and curls up with him and then uh, crawls into a laundry basket gets totally static electricity up and ends up touching destroying archie's homework he got a lot of fun things in here with Jughead throughout. He's constantly got ways to come up with a burger. It's like they're sitting talking around a tree and Jughead would shake the tree when people were hungry and a burger would fall in their hands. Uh, he, principal, he has to be in the principal's office a lot. So Jughead filled one drawer of the principal's desk with burgers and the principal knew, knows about it and bunch of the burgers to himself and likes that Jughead does that. Uh, but yeah, you got all the great characters in here. Well, not all of them. There's most of the Archie characters are in here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Great for the whole family. Check it out. Little Archie and his pals. Oh yeah, comics. Those are always fun. Uh, man, for MS Talk, talk about a few things, like things you can do right now while you're cooped up at home, you can get into doing Zoom video things, which is great for even like the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, if you want you and some of your friends and stuff, sit there and do a whole Zoom event during the Super Bowl, and you can sit there, watch the game, do some drinking games with it if you want. Do whatever. From Zoom to FaceTime, there are plenty of ways to stay in touch virtually with friends and family. So you can check out any of those devices. I personally like Zoom the, the best so far of what I've used. Uh, you can do activities together. If you have some type of interest that you share, you can sit there and all do it on your own videos and still be together, but not be within touching distance. <laughs> He's spreading distance. But plan your activities around what you all enjoy. And if you're into cooking, you could cook together and then eat the meal together. I'll cook your own form of it at home and sit down and eat it while you shoot the shit. Uh, you're in a reading. You could read the same book together and there's virtual books, audio books, all that out there that you can all get. And there's tons of them that you can get for free and stuff. If you have like a Amazon prime account, I know that they give you a certain amount of books every month and stuff like that. 
that you can get. Uh, you can do fitness stuff together, work out together if you're into that. And personally, most people prefer not to work out with other people, but it's a nice way to just change it up a little bit. So it's not so boring. Uh, you can do stupid little, uh, goofy improv acting stuff. If you want to do something like that, you can play games with each other. Uh, so on play a board game. If you all have the same game in your household or something like that. And there's a lot of games you can do without having board games and stuff too. In place games, card games, stuff, different things. Uh, you can do video games together, and those you can record the whole video game session and stuff. And you know, I always use that to help promote multiple sclerosis. And you can you can game for MS, and they can sit there and send donations to the MS Society or whatever that you want to back and. Uh, bingo is a simple game you could do with everybody different trivia games everybody can have their own trivia questions built up and do stuff like that uh, I always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons but never never could find anybody around to do it but I always bought a lot of the books and stuff so just by reading through them and stuff, I think you could easily do a nice virtual Dungeon Dragons style format. And I know some people from our groups that do do it. I just they don't record them, so I don't get to see how they're how they do them and play them. They had one audio one that was actually very fun to listen to. Uh, I know there are other set other groups that do do that that type of thing. Do do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's so many different things that everybody does. I like, do, do drawing sessions together, and I love watching uh, Art Franco and the other guys just sit there and draw. And I'll have it on in the background, and they'll get a bug up my butt, and all of a sudden I'll just start sketching all over the papers that I'm trying to do other stuff on. Just it's fun to. Fun ways to join together with people since you can't get out and about like we used to. A lot, of, a lot of us are worried about our future possibly being in a wheelchair. And there's this nice article in Momentum Magazine by Mike Knight that gives you a heads up of what to prepare for and what to do. And just some of the stuff he talks about in here is your life is different in a wheelchair from opening doors to navigating bathroom stalls to transporting the chair to and from your destination really sucks if you don't have like a a bigger vehicle to be able to do stuff like that and all of a sudden you find out that you're going to be in a wheelchair and you got to change your whole life around so it's best whether you're going to be or not going to be in a wheelchair at least think about some of these things so you can be a little bit prepared if something would happen. I've had MS friends that, yeah, they were fine walking around, just using the cane once in a while or whatever, and all of a sudden they just lost all them, all mobility and had to go to a specialty home for a month, two months, three months to 
learn how to get back on their feet and stuff if they were able to. And during that whole process, they were stuck in a wheelchair. So you got to adapt to those things. It's pretty challenging, chaotic, frustrating, dealing with all that crap. Unpredictability of MS and its symptoms only adds to that mix. On top of that, there's all the emotional baggage that comes with it. A wheelchair can get you from point A to point B a lot easier, which means less energy spent on the journey and more spent enjoying the destination. Even if it's simply going to the kitchen to grab a snack before settling in for a Netflix binge, you don't have to worry about tripping or falling and the awkward tension about uh, with tension filled drama that accompanies your every step with a cane or a walker. Like much of life itself, it gets a little easier with experience and getting the right chair for your needs and learning how to live in and with it requires time, energy, and patience. It's like sometimes just getting up and getting from one point to the next basically sucks up all our energy and all our ability to keep going. So once you get there, it's like you're struggling to keep going and it's like, you know, a lot of times I'll go out and we'll do our run around, do some of our errands and stuff. And by the second or third place, I got to let the wife do do it by herself because I'm unable to get from point A to point B decently enough. And I don't want her to have to sit there and wait forever for me to just walk 15 minutes from where I park to the front door. <laughs> it's like really suck sometimes get immobile and it's like standing still i my body starts to shake and shiver and break down within five minutes of standing immobile so it's like i keep moving somewhat or sit down because my body just won't keep going it's just what you're gonna do yeah adapt to it the decision to transition to, to a wheelchair can be an emotional one. It's a milestone that marks the loss of core function as well as the challenge of learning to live life forever strapped into a piece of equipment that announces your disability wherever you go. It also represents a piece of ground forever lost to MS, a disease bent on painting those who have it into ever smaller corners it's ridiculous some of the things that yeah adapt to and get used to with this debilitation but at least that when you're in a chair people can actually see you're disabled instead of being assholes and that telling you you don't look disabled you look fine it's like But get a power chair if you can. Now people can see you. It's all you. It's not the steering column in front of your scooter. So you don't have, they got some pretty fancy ones out there now. So you're more up front, more in the picture instead of people just seeing the chair. Uh, chair curious, but not sure where to turn. Chances are good. Your neurologist, uh, psychiatrist primary care 
I think that would be psychiatrist, not psychiatrist. Uh, primary care physician or physical therapist uh, can notice your diminishing abilities and can give you suggestions, or you can ask them for help. You may be able to find an assistive technology resource near you that will let you test drive a wheelchair before buying one. Some home health equipment companies rent them, so you can look into those options if you're worried about the cost because it can be very costly. I got an older wheelchair because I was going to adapt it, make it so in case I do need it, I have the things on it I want. The thing was so damn heavy, I just ended up giving it back and I tried to cut as much weight off it as possible, but it just still was a big old beast. Nowadays with the nice off-road chairs and stuff like that, I'd rather if I can get a deal on one of those, add up in the future and then modify it needs but your health care insurance policy likely covers some of the cost of a new wheelchair so check with them uh, almost as important as getting your chair is making sure your home will accommodate it uh, you got to make sure the doorways are wide enough put grab bars where you can so you can pull yourself up out of the chair uh, you'll want to identify potential trouble spots so you can fix those areas counters and stuff like that space in between things uh room dividers accessing, accessing closet space and stuff like that trying to get into things um yeah before you hit the open sidewalk path or mall it's essential to understand that using a wheelchair of any type isn't without its challenges there are plenty of ways you can learn how to use your chair, including clinics, lessons at facilities. Uh, you can search keywords like neuro rehabilitation clinic or institute uh, or adaptive assistive technology clinic or institute. And those are things, good things to check into, give you some ideas. Um, Here's a, a link for Mike's story. If you want to watch a video of Mike sharing how it, MS affects his life, it's ntlms.org backslash Mike's or Mike's story. M-I-K-E-S-T-O-R-Y. Check it out. It's a nice article. I only gave you a few little nitpicks from it. But check out the video and see how he's adapting. And with your wheelchair and everything else, all the things we have to learn to adapt to, it's good to make sure you got a good circle of trust around you. And so you should be the main point. Your family and close friends should be next. Your caregivers and doctors are the next important ones. And then supportive acquaintances and everyone else after that. But make sure you have the main uh, initial ones around you first that can help you out. And then if you want to hack your gear caregiver, uh, your caregiver needs to stay happy and healthy themselves or they won't be able to assist you. So do what you can to help make their lives easier. Uh, do things like Without thinking, we may 
let caregivers start doing more than they really need to for us. So think think through it, what you can do for yourself and what things you could do with a few alterations, how they are done. So you don't require as much help to do them. Don't repeat the annoying mantra, I'm so sorry, especially pitifully and or frequently. Show consideration, but don't make your caregiver constantly provide reassurance for you. They know you're sorry to be in the situation, but they think they're there to help you. Just let them help you and don't try and act more and more from them when you should do as much as you can yourself. Be sure your caregiver gets time away from caregiving responsibilities. They got to go do things. They got to get out and about. Otherwise, they're gonna their health is going to take a dive on them, too. And then you'll both be sitting around sick. Try to do what you can to make things pleasant for them. They repeat or something, and they usually cook. Uh, get food delivery once in a while. Be sure that you maintain other relationships, even if it's by phone or Facebook, so you don't become just dependent on them. Uh, consolidate things you need help with so your caregiver can have extra time to do other things. And Help them out the best you can. Do what you can so they aren't struggling also and getting sick in their own ways. But other than that, running out of time. So we got to get going. You be good to everybody. Take care of yourself. Take care of the ones around you. Do what you can to be good. And we'll talk to you soon.